What'd you get me for Christmas? I'm not going to tell you. And welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about Marvel movies and regaining faith in the project you started a while ago. My <laughs> name is Bob. And uh, my name is Matt. And we are going to talk about Marvel movies. Matt, what did we watch? We watched, yeah, let's get right into it. Um, we watched 2016's Captain America colon Civil War. They hide that title from you until right at the very end. I, I had no true. idea what the title of this movie was until they showed it at the end. You picked it on Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Sight unseen. <laughs> um, I was, it's always a kind of a roulette. But yeah. the, I guess, yeah, the only upfront title we got was the Marvel logo. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, they didn't do an intro title sequence. They don't need to at this point. No, it, it, actually, know exactly. they have created their own structure for films where the credits come at the end and everything. Yes. Like it's, And I remember when I saw Black Panther, having not really seen any of the intervening ones, I complained about, like, they have this amazingly produced credit sequence, and it's at the end. And they hit it. Sixth song, and like, why is that? Because they know that you are sticking around well, for and what also, happens after the credits. Because they structure them in that way, and it's like, you once you start to expect it, then it's cool. Yes, exactly. But it's like, if you're not ready for it, you're... Just like these people don't know how movies go, and yeah, boy, do they earn it in this one because this is the most TV episode out of all of these, and so it is far. an awesome television episode. I imagine that this is arguably the worst of these movies in some ways. If you have not seen any of the prior movies, I think we have entered the zone where they're all bad if you haven't seen the other ones, and I have a lot of thoughts about that. Well, I wonder whether we're going to come out of that zone briefly because I, I, I think that that when like Doctor Strange is next and I think that sure. like a lot of these more self-contained ones are coming. Well, oh man, like, I already want to talk about it. I mean, it, that's but... the thing is like I thought that Black Panther was self-contained. That's it. But it's but not. It's not. It's actually not. Yes. And and like but it does really throw into contrast the fact that Doctor Strange is very self-contained. Yeah. Cuz there is no How strange. Was, yeah. Oh, oh, Doctor Odd. <laughs> um weird wizard man. <laughs> Doctor British. <laughs> No, he's American. Is he? Yeah, it's a real weird. He thing does an American do. accent. He does an American accent. What? Yeah, I've seen that one. It's very strange. No pun intended. <laughs> I keep saying that. I don't intend it. I just use the word strange a lot. That's the strangest part about this so far <laughs> for me. Um, uh, I realized something very unusual the other day. What's that? What's the fact that the Dr. word unusual? <laughs> the word unusual has three U's in it. For such a short word, it has a lot of U's. That is unusual. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I don't know. I realized that while sitting on the couch after having typed the word unusual, I just <laughs> sat there. I wasn't stoned. I was completely sober. Yeah, this is a lucid yeah, this experience is a very for lucid you. Experience. Yeah. Um, maybe more lucid than you've ever been. True. I saw I saw the face of God in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's been the language minute. Um, uh, so 2016's <laughs> Captain America... Civil War, directed by the Russo brothers, Anthony and Joseph Russo. They who directed The Winter Soldier. And before that, a handful of episodes of Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah. They who ascended to the highest peaks. <laughs> just amazingly, just dude, the arc of their of their existence and their work is, is fascinating. I hadn't looked into it after Winter Soldier. <laughs> you know, you never yeah. think. No, I mean, two Italian-American guys. Just making comedies, and then suddenly someone says, 
You like Captain America? Do you want to make people punch people real good? Yeah. Um, all right, so this movie starts out, and this is the longest Marvel movie, so it's a good thing that we've wasted a lot of time up front. It is longer than uh, than Ultron. Which it is, is the yeah, longest an accomplishment. and best-paced. It is very well-paced. Dude, this is, for being the longest movie, it motors. Yes. Uh, yeah. It is really cool. I, there was a moment when we paused the movie thinking it was about to end and realized we had 40 minutes left. Yeah. And instead of being like, oh, fuck, I was a little excited. I had a moment of like, I genuinely wonder what they're going to do. And I didn't have fear. I was like, mm -hmm. they're going to do something. And they did do something pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll get into it. Let's start with the actual story. Yeah. It starts in 1991 because we love starting these movies with scenes in the late 80s or early 90s. It's true. Because uh, the, the past echoes into the future. Well, and some of these people are time travelers, essentially. Yeah, um <laughs> Are you a time traveler if you just get frozen? Kind of. Kind of, yeah. You're Rip Van I mean, you are, you are a man is outside Rip time. Rip Van Winkle a time traveler? Yes. The, uh, one of the right. first. It's been decided. <laughs> Historical um. figure Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> Third U.S. president Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> Tippecanoe and Winkle too. <laughs> 1991. Bucky Barnes is in Siberia where Hydra, who I assume that after uh, Nazism went out of vogue, that Hydra then became Soviets? It's just it like whoever America's enemy is, yeah. just kind of like Hydra well, is also them. But it also, like the overarching message is that there is Hydra everywhere. Yes. So. But specifically, it's interesting that we go from like Nazi Germany to Soviet Russia mm -hmm. to then in the modern incarnation america itself certainly which actually feels like the most trenchant political commentary any of these movies have made th there is a lot of stuff in this movie that is an overture toward legitimate commentary on america as the most powerful entity without any restriction in the world yeah i mean and if you look at the superheroes as being american military yes. force or it's yeah. just being america yeah, essentially, I mean, and they, like they like the UN wants to bring them to heel. We're going to get into that, but they are our atom bomb. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily cash in so good, but we'll talk no. about it. Uh, yeah, okay, the year let's, is nineteen ninety one. Bucky Barnes is in Siberia. Soviet Hydra are are teaching him new words. No, they're like they're doing this like sequence of words that they say that programs him. Because remember, Bucky Barnes is Captain America's friend who died, but didn't actually die. Uh, was captured by the Germans and turned into a man with a robot arm who has no memory and can be programmed to kill. Yeah. Uh, and they're programming him to kill. We see him get on a hot motorbike. He, he rides across the Atlantic. Yeah. People travel across Dude, the Atlantic a lot in this movie. The geographic realities of this movie make no sense and that's no, fine it's like the like the last two seasons of game of thrones totally. in that way and yeah I, i'm fine with it too i, I have accept no issue. it but man there's for as many city names as they flash on the screen it makes no sense how people are ever where they are anyway bucky gets to america yeah hops on a motorcycle pulls up next to a car on a dark road punches the window and you go oh man this movie's good because it feels awesome Immediately, the car hits a tree right afterwards, and it is just the chunk. Like, yeah, it's great. Like, it is just it's heavy, oh, and you it's so good. You remember how good good action is, and how in many ways it is just the simple heaviness of yeah. things. The impacts. It is the impact. Meaningful. Yeah. Um, like when you hit someone, if they then hit something after you hit them, 
it's they're that great much at that. better. Yeah, they're, and they're very good oh, at that. Yeah. So <laughs> we have made it about ten seconds into this movie. Yeah. Bucky Barm, <laughs> Bucky Barms. <laughs> Bucky Barnes punches this window, car crashes, he goes to the trunk of the car, he opens it up, there is a refrigerated box, and it's got five packets of super juice. Super soldier syrup. Black. (laughs) Uh, Marvel logo, now we have us a movie. And if you are me at this point, you go, I am so glad that somebody who knows how to direct a movie is back in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was immediately like, okay, the boys are back in town. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's been about, we're now in the present. It's been about one year since Sokovia. So you have like what the Avengers as were assembled by Cap after uh, the Age of Ultron movie. So you've got Steve, Birdman Sam, uh, Black Widow, and Scarlet Witch. And they all attack, uh, do you remember that one super soldier from Winter Soldier who got away? Yeah. Yeah, they he's attack that dude. The other guy that was bad yeah, and he's, within the American government. Yeah. Um he's like in I can't remember where this was. But in any case, they're they're there and he's like trying to steal this biological weapon. There's this really cool chase scene. Incredible fight scene. Very good fight we, scene. We in true like Age of Ultron fashion, but so much better because I just feel like the Russo brothers understand how to direct things more competently. We like meet all the members of the crew. Everybody demonstrates their abilities. You suddenly are like, "Is Birdman Sam really cool?" Much better. And then he pulls out the Uzis, and you're kind of like, "I feel weird about <laughs> still, this guy." I still kind of like it. The thing that I like about this entire sequence is that there is a lot of violence. It is serious violence, mm-hmm. and you get constant exposure to crowds of people, like reacting to the destruction that is being wrought by the Avengers fighting in their town. I we had we had a lot of that also though in Age of Ultron. Yeah, and I but I think it's, it's a, even it's clearly more executed here. And it's it's important because it becomes a theme in the it's movie. It's the point. Yeah. Um so yeah, they do an interesting thing where like the bad guys all split up and we don't know which one has the biological weapon. Yep. So like we get to see all of the team members pursue their guy. Um and eventually what happens is that Cap takes down the uh, the old soldier who he had, you know, worked with before and it turned bad. The oldger. The oldger. And this dude has, like, a uh, an explosive on him and he basically says, like, if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. Yeah, and, like, maybe that was the whole point of this thing, kind of. Arguably, yeah. And uh, so he sets off this explosion, but Scarlet Witch stops it before because she is able to do really whatever the plot demands yes, of her with she her mind. Completely ill-defined powers. She stops it and then she moves the explosion like up in the air as far as she can, but she can't hold it for very long. And it explodes next to a building. And as we learn later, there are a bunch of Wakandan humanitarian uh, peacekeepers in there or something along those yeah, lines. And blows up this building. Yeah. And that's bad. So yeah, now she's got some grief. Everybody feels kind of weird about the fact that, man, it seems like they're killing a lot. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tony Stark is at MIT. Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, and we are introduced through this like flashback that he's having where they have de-aged Robert Downey Jr. And it's real close to totally convincing. And it looks like an actual flashback, but we gradually learn over the course of the flashback that this is... A meta flashback. Yes, and that he has built a machine that allows him to relive his memories. And so you're like, good use of the effects where you go like, Tony Stark built a computer thing that makes a young-looking Tony Stark. It's okay if it looks kind of weird. The one thing I do want to point out that I loved about this scene is that the way they have styled the room, 
he is with his parents and his parents and the room are wearing Captain America colors and yes. Tony Stark is wearing a shirt with orange and red on it. And I think that's uh, pretty cool. No, that, that's that's advanced filmmaking. It is attention <laughs> sure. to detail yes. in a way that there is not in a lot of these films. Like a visual attention to detail yes. and ingenuity. Everybody that, is yeah. showing up and doing a good job here. Yeah. doesn't matter what part of the thing you're working on. Uh it's an interesting little sequence. I, I wonder whether that machine will ever come back because Almost having a machine that allows you to revisit your vem- memories is kind of huge. Well, but he also, it's not like he revisits it as it actually happened. It's like as he wanted it to happen. So I don't know that it, I think it's just that you're able to like simulate things, not necessarily okay, that you are actually reading their memories. That's true. He does make a point of saying uh, that. But this, you know, helps to establish like Tony Stark. Remember, Tony Stark's parents died in a car crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not good for him. He is still working through that. And he says, like, I'm going to give grants to everybody at MIT. Oh, yeah. All of your projects are funded. Um, and then he kind of, like, leaves oh, the stage. And Pepper's not there because Pepper yes. and him are on a break. Yes, they are on a break. Ross and Rachel style. Gwyneth Paltrow did not renew her contract. Definitely. And so they are on a break. But they need that to actually... They, they It is important to the story. Got a good character reason, but yes. also Gwyneth Paltrow is just not... She's gooping. Yeah. Well, she's got, she's got a lot of goop to yeah, get out gooping. there. Um, so Tony has to go to the bathroom. Not really. He like just wants to get away from the crowds, but he does walk towards the bathroom and then there's a woman waiting outside the bathroom. Waiting at the elevator, but she hasn't at the pressed elevator. the button. That's what it is. I was trying to remember why she was standing there. Yeah, she's pretending to wait for the elevator. She's pretending to wait for the elevator. To to the bathroom. Yes. She's clearly there. They're both fakers. speak with Tony Stark. Uh, and her son was doing humanitarian work in Sokovia. And when the entire city was lifted out of the ground it turns out that he died in like the melee with the avengers and she blames tony stark for his so, death something that i am not entirely clear on and is probably explained in the movie is the world aware of the fact that tony is responsible for ultron or that are is, they that reacting is not 100% clear. because it's not clear to me and at, so one of my issues with this movie is that I don't really know why like would would everyone just have preferred that the Avengers did not intercede in this extinction event that Ultron was trying to perpetrate cuz like it seems I get like their grief and their anguish yeah but the the vitriol that is directed at Tony and like I think it's the, more... sometimes the guilt the guilt that they feel seems misplaced i understand what you're saying because like you know aliens did attack right but if you think about it from the perspective of like aliens attacked and tony stark saved him and we see people being totally uh adoring of tony stark after that right and you're like of course they would like the guy that ran the nuke into the (laughs) black hole and saved everybody but uh it's more i think that wherever the avengers show up the job might get done but a lot of innocents die and there is no, like, there is nobody actually enforcing them being checked up on. Yeah. In the same way where it's like, in all these wars we fight, we basically irradiate all of these. Like, the United States goes to places and just, like, irradiates them. And theoretically, there are things in place that are like, hey, you're not allowed to do that. That's a war crime. Yes. But because we're the U.S., it doesn't matter. Geneva doesn't apply. Right. And the, people have legitimate and, and this serious is... grievances against us, even though, like... Yeah, maybe we actually stopped something. This is where the metaphor falls flat, sure. where you where you get like the US US does commit war crimes. All the time. Yeah. The Avengers are not doing anything even close approximating a war crime. They just happen 
what are they doing that that approximates other than like the Hulk going nuts in South Africa, the Hulk which no one actually people, yeah, and like that happens, and but like, that doesn't get brought up in this movie. It, I think that they, is it they not never shown? they never talk about they show about Hulk, Johannesburg, but they show the Hulk doing that stuff in New York. Okay, I guess so. Yeah. Like they 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 but, point out that the Hulk murders. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, I think that just anything that's extra judicial, right? Mm-hmm. Is like inherently war crime. It just like, seems as though we're 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 bunching everything together. Sure. Yeah. I'm in not a way saying this is, is a nuanced take. No, I I understand. I think that I I think I find the the political reaching of these movies. Um, like I think that that the Batman, the politics of Batman movies are a little bit more interesting because it's like a what are the politics of one man who has taken on like sort of a fascist, like the rules don't apply to me role. As opposed to um, the really nuanced, complicated, like global political stuff that the yeah. Avengers takes on. No, and I, I totally yeah. get that. But I think that what this does that is nice is that in this next scene, we take that really global stuff and we try and crank it down to the character level. So, and that's where it doesn't work for me though, because the global stuff is so nuanced that I don't really understand why Tony is is upset the way that he's mm-hmm. upset about the loss of this one why he seems to take it personally as being his fault when literally this loss of this one boy is is very upsetting he's a young man who's you know who's going to mit um and is a humanitarian worker that's a that's a great loss but there's doesn't seem to be the equal opposite recognition of but you know if we hadn't gone there they'd we'd all be dead well so you, you know what they do to kind of try and explain that is okay. So in the next scene, yeah, uh, the general from the Incredible Hulk, yes, Thunderbolt, w- William Hurt, William Lightning Hurt, yeah, Thunderbolt jab? Ross, yeah. yeah, Lightning Jab. That also, dude... I just realized that William Hurt's name is Will Hurt. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. So, anyways, Will Hurt, Will Hurt shows up and is like, "Yo, the UN wants to regulate the Avengers and basically wants you to sign over control of the Avengers to the UN," and. The there is it's the Sokovia Accords right. is what it's going to be and there called. is division yeah. in the group on whether or not this is a good idea Ca- idea Captain America is like we should be this independent body we determine what is right and we need the freedom he to doesn't act. want government oversight because he doesn't believe that the government should determine whether or not he acts okay boomer yeah I, so, it's, it's a very Republican Democratic well, big and, government and small uh, government line it plays well with him literally being a boomer yeah basically yes. um, and <laughs> like it, you know I, I I'm with it. But then the point that Vision, who is part of this debate, and you consistently throughout this movie are like, Vision is just a dude, except he looks like Vision. <laughs> uh, his mouth is, the, is like, his mouth looks like it was painted. Like, everything's so yeah, weird body about paint. it. It's, it's such a strange appearance for a character, yes. but I'm kind of into it. I don't know. It looks kind of like a Power Rangers yes. villain. Like, it looks both cheap and expensive and at the same expensive. time. very expensive, yes. Yes. So Vision, remember, is like Jarvis incarnate with a power stone in his face. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a robot man who maybe, seems to be infinitely powerful. And maybe like extremely wise and should actually yes. be leading the group. So he, well, he's very logical because he's a computer man. Yes. Uh, and so he says, I, and I think that this is where it links back to Tony. Okay. Is it basically he makes the point that ever since Tony Stark sh- became Iron Man, things went bad. And so it's like yes. the inciting incident in all of this is not necessarily what the Avengers do, right? Like they're doing the best they can. Yeah. But because Tony Stark was all powerful, it has invited 
competitive. Yeah, there's that's an the equal premise. and opposite reaction, that, and is, I mean, and, and that's, that's the Batman that's, thing. It's also it's also the the American military. We create terrorism by yeah. going into the places that we go into, or or just simply through virtue of our strength, mm-hmm. we invite challengers. And, and so the premise is that Tony Stark brought this on the world by flexing. Yeah, there's something about that that doesn't quite work for me, and I'm, I'm not sure I, why. It doesn't but necessarily yeah, work on. for me, but yes. I, like, that I is, see, that I is see the, the point angle now. they're going for. Yeah. And I, so he feels responsible because he flexed so hard, and like, Tony Stark's entire thing is a flex. Yeah. And turns out, <laughs> maybe Tony Stark's kind of a dick. And I think that he's grappling with that realization. So everybody's arguing. Tony Stark is like, feeling remorse uh and yeah. is like we should let the un decide what to do um cap's like nah <laughs> discussion 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 lots of discussion back meanwhile uh cap gets a phone call his uh his girlfriend has passed away I, I this is the first scene in this movie where i was like dude if you haven't seen any of these other movies you're like, you have no what idea is going what's on because it's literally a text message that just says she's gone yeah uh yeah it's uh peggy carter who we met in the very first captain america and who most recently was seen in winter soldier and has had alzheimer's uh but cap would go and visit every day has passed away um her funeral is in london so everybody flies to london he makes it to london within minutes it's amazing yeah. yes and i admittedly um, he's captain america i mean tony apparently can fly to siberia from off the coast of the, of the atlantic Dude. the u.s coast of the atlantic in like a matter <laughs> of minutes without using the iron man suit but this also brings us back to the yeah, iron man 3 yes. remember when like the thing flies like, like tennessee to florida, yeah, to florida <laughs> in a matter of seconds anyway um fly to london for this mournful procession cap is carrying the casket and sharon carter who uh we were introduced to in winter soldier who is was a member of shield and cap's neighbor who's keeping an eye on him uh gives the eulogy she's peggy's niece Niece. she's peggy's niece okay um and she and cap talk a bit and there's clearly like some energy there's some real sparks uh and black widow goes to the funeral and says that she needed to be there for cap and you continue to be like dude where is the black widow movie uh, yes. Because I've warmed to her over time, right? Where I like, I like she's her presence. Best in this movie. She's, she's the best, the best in this movie that she's ever been in any of been. them. She's not just constantly no. snarky. She's a real she's a person, person with feelings and it's yes. just like, and opinions. And, and all yeah. the snark would be totally fine in the other ones if we had just like met her. Yes. in a movie. I guess that we can go see that this summer or something. I, this is this is the the weird thing that I think we I have know. to talk about at some point. I know. Um, the that's the, never ends, dude. That's the Hulk in the room, so to speak. Um, <laughs> the big gray Hulk in the room. Uh, so, okay. Also, meanwhile, while this is happening, uh, I think it's like in, in Cleveland or something. There's, do you remember this? This oh, man it, it is, is in Cleveland. It's in Cleveland. It is yeah. in Cleveland, Ohio. Your hometown. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this guy is living in like a pack rat, like, Order uh, house, order house, it and someone a negative fo- picture of Cleveland. Some random dude like accidentally hits his car out in the driveway. The guy knocks on the door. Is like, hey, I hit your car accidentally. And you're like, that dude is sinister. Yes, and he lets him in. It turns out that the man in this house, the pack rat, the old man, was uh, a former member of Hydra. And this other guy came in, and he like goes through the house, tortures this dude with like a weird water well, and, and torture he, thing. And he's but demanding he's, to know what happened on a night in 1991. In 1991, yes, he wants to know specifically what happened. Uh, we know that in, sometime around 1991, uh, Bucky was punching a window, was punching in a, car, a window in a car, uh, and getting super juice. 
And then the guy steals the code book that we have seen previously that had the code words that trigger Bucky in it. Yep, exactly. So this happens. We're like, I wonder what's going on there. Yeah. Um, but we don't know yet. So this is now where we go to Vienna, where we meet T'Challa. Yes. Uh, the soon has he been the Black Panther? He I think is the the he is the Black Panther. He's he, always been the Black yes. Panther. Well, I, I think that his father was the Black Panther. Now he is the Black Panther, yes. but he is not the president or whatever. What is it? Prime Minister? The leader. I think he's just the leader of Wakanda. King. He's a king. King of yes. He's he a king. Yes. King. It's a monarchy. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> there was this moment later on where I was like, was was T'Challa's dad? The Black Panther, I even though he was that, older. No, no, no. I was, I, like, I, I, older, thought, dude. But he, I was like, that's a hell of a suit. <laughs> I, you know, I was just like, the idea of his father's crammed into the Black Panther <laughs> suit is kind of incredible. But I, they actually explicitly, he says something like, no, I'm just a warrior. My dad was the king, and now I'm stuck being the king. Yes. Um, but because... Okay, so yeah, we're in Vienna, and the accords are being signed in Ch- at the UN. T- yeah, T'Chaka is the current king of Wakanda. This is uh, T'Challa's father. Yep, and he is presenting at the UN while they are talking about the accords because it's a historic moment. Uh, Black Widow is in attendance, and um, I think that who no one else is there. I don't think no, it's just everybody Black else Widow. is in London. Um, and suddenly a bomb goes off. And uh, the the corner of the UN where this is occurring is like blown to smithereens, and T'Chaka, the current king of Wakanda, and T'Challa's father is killed. Yes, and we meet T'Challa here, and we meet T'Chaka, and yeah. it is, you know, it's incredible. I'm like genuinely really curious to see Black Panther again because yeah, I thought Black Panther was cool, but I was I did not understand like quite the excitement around it, just like as a movie. Like I think like as a like hey there's finally a black superhero in the marvel universe like obviously that is something to really celebrate it, that's that is you know i find the black widow thing surprising but it's almost more surprising that there wasn't a black superhero from well, the get go there is but they're never the main characters and so it's just like it's like mm-hmm. birdman sam and like war machine are just so oh, just war like, machine i forgot about but they're, war machine but they're that's second fiddle like, yes you're, exactly. you're like you're totally discounting them as like equal characters right yeah and there are a lot of scenes in this movie where i'm just like here are these two white dudes arguing because like the civil war is just like these two square jawed white dudes squaring off white men have feelings right yeah totally it's it's just kind (laughs) of like god why who even care like what is this but and eventually it's all going to come down to parental issues too sure (laughs) but um T'Challa's got parental issues, yes. and it's actually helpful to see those, even in this brief way, prior to seeing Black Panther, and I think that it's really interesting to think about, like, having only seen Black Panther, I don't think that the people who go, like, Black Panther's just, like, a totally standalone movie, realize in a lot of cases that they saw this movie, and that they actually have this, like, kind of ambient knowledge of him, Yes, that really helps the character, because uh, I saw that movie and was just lot. like, Michael B. Jordan should win. <laughs> yes, he is he is the real character here yeah. because the they it, had to introduce him totally in that movie whereas in this in the, they're just coasting on the fact that you already know Black Panther. Yes. Yeah. The, Black Panther T'Challa in this is, movie is established yeah. is dope because you do get a flashback to this exact moment in Black mm-hmm. Panther. It's treated as a flashback yep. where you see his father die, but I was like, why is this a flashback? Like why couldn't this happen in this movie? Yep. Now I know. And you don't get like just seeing Black Panther fight and what he's actually driving at and all this stuff that really yeah. improves the character later on. Yes, exactly. Uh, like, his tenacity is... Yes. 
is in some ways it is like really interesting and then becomes somewhat absurd at one point. His single-minded devotion to vengeance, which we are about to get on. Very specific kind of vengeance. Which I think is he even has an arc in the movie. Totally. That's in the final scene. And it's it's us. You know what? This movie's good. This is a great (laughs) movie. This is a great movie. No, I legitimately think this this is is a fantastic movie. This is the best episode of this TV series. Oh. Okay, so we actually have to talk about whether it's actually a great movie or not, and we have to get there later. But it is a great movie, but in the context of which it exists, yes, it is a great movie. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Uh, in London, they find out about the attack um, yes. in Vienna, and uh, already the UN is working on it, and Cap is talking to Sharon Carter, yes, uh, and she and she and Steve, aka Captain America, are kind of like there's, a, there's they got a thing they going. They got a thing going. Yeah. It's a little weird because he was. He in was love with in her love with her aunt, aunt mm-hmm. in the 40s. He's a lot older than her. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they, they do play some of that. They play some of uh, It's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, she tells Steve, I don't know why she gives it up so easily, but she tells Steve, oh, we forgot to say, the bombing is blamed on Bucky Barnes. There is security camera footage that where he... it appears that Bucky Barnes committed the bombing. Yes. It's very shaky footage, but immediately everyone's like, that's Bucky. And everyone else is like, yeah. Well, admittedly, that dude does have a robot arm and is known for murder. So it's like any reason to go after that guy seems pretty legit. So um, Sharon Carter uh, tells Steve about Bucky's location. He's in Bucharest and that the UN has tracked him there. And so Rogers is like, I got to bring him in. He's my brother. Not really, but he's like his best friend. He's my bro. He's brothers, yeah. Um. (laughs) Uh, Steve and Birdman Sam go to Bucharest because they are like honor bound to chase Bucky Barnes. Yes, this is this is like what they decided the to pact do. that they had <laughs> at the end of Winter Soldier. It is the only reason that they are friends. Steve, but there's a part of Birdman Sam who's like, I wish Bucky would die so I could be his best friend. Oh, and there is a great dynamic there, man. Yeah. I freaking there's love a strong. It. This it's a strong love triangle. It's actually the best love triangle <laughs> it in it this movie. Totally. Like for these movies, problems with female characters and their inability to have enough of them, they certainly create some good dude love triangles. Yes. They certainly do. Um, so they arrive in Bucharest and they find Bucky, who is we we meet buying a plum, which feels symbolic in some way. I don't fully understand. <laughs> well, but, it's, there is a good thing where it's like he is recognized by a guy, a newspaper, a newspaper stand guy, because yeah. of course he's, he's the only all man over. In, on earth who is reading the news. And so he sees Bucky Barnes and is like, hold on. Then Bucky goes back to his apartment and Cap is there. Yes. And Cap is like, Bucky, you got to come in with me. They're coming for you. And Bucky's like, I'm not going with you. I'm not going with anyone. Yeah. I want to be on my own. Uh, well, I'm, and, a, I'm a danger. Well, and I think when, he sees himself as a Cap danger. And when Cap shows up, he's like, do you know me? And Bucky is like, yeah, I, I went to a museum about you. Yeah. Uh, calling back to that one post credits thing. And also just kind of establishing that like, Bucky Barnes might be Bucky Barnes again. Yes. He, he might seems not to be, just be somewhat self-aware. The Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, the UN shows up. Their, their like, military arm shows up, yeah. and they're all going to take down Bucky. There's a cool fight sequence on a stairwell. Dude, that I thought was very impressive. an incredible sequence here of action. Mm-hmm. There is a car chase in which many of the people involved are running, Yes. And at that point in it because they are super fast. Like it is we it's a callback to when we see Steve at the yes. beginning of Winter Soldier and you're like that well, man and, is fast. And both he and Bucky can run real fast, yes. but then also at this point T'Challa shows up because yes. he told Black Widow that he is going to kill 
the man who killed his father. Yeah. He believes that to be Bucky Barnes, and now he is in this three-man dance. Yes. And uh, and, and plus the UN. And yeah. also all these cops. Yeah. And, and the so, Bucharest police. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. It's a crazy car chase. It's incredible it's as an action sequence. It's just very good. As they good. all are. It is just powerful. There are callbacks. There are, like, visual callbacks with, like, a bus to Winter Soldier. Yep. Um, it's just awesome, man. Yeah. It's also interesting. Remember that first scene, how it kind of makes a reference to the Dark Knight? Yeah. Yeah. It's good good stuff throughout all of this. They, like, they like know their action Dude, sequences. they just showed up. It's like, they just, it's as though they actually do their homework. Yes. They're it just is, like, yeah. Like, it, it sounds really mean to say, but I can't, it just feels like the people are trying. Yes. Everybody is just trying hard. Yeah. You it's know? not just a paycheck. Yeah. Like, we are here to make a real movie, and it happens to be this crazy Marvel movie where the dude got a robot arm and other dude has magic shield and, yeah. like, whatever. The team, and then the entire team, everyone from production to, yes. like, designed to fully work is just there, and <laughs> yeah. they are like, yeah, let's, why not do this as best as we can? Exactly. Everybody is doing yeah. the best work. And, you know, in Ant-Man, they can't even be bothered to change their costumes no. properly. And in this movie, everybody is just, like, firing on all cylinders. And guaranteed the budget was not that different. <laughs> I think it was actually pretty significant. I bet it wasn't half or anything as that. Is that I don't know, man. I mean, this, still... this, this movie feels expensive as yeah. hell. Oh, this is true. They're, they're um, ripping cars in half. I don't even know if they're real, but it seems expensive either way. <laughs> the uh, This sequence ends with um, everyone, Bucky, uh, Steve, Birdman Sam, and uh, T'Challa are all arrested by the Bucharest police and War Machine, who flies in. And yeah. it's just like, stop. <laughs> it's like, you guys you can't, can't do, do this. this. Like, this is what people are complaining about. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it is good in that respect. Like, yes. it is just like, you guys, seriously. The idea that also now just like, T'Challa is also like an extra governmental force. Yes. He's like, the, the Wakandan army, one man army. Totally. Yeah. That like, Wakanda um, is just at war with a dude. Interesting thing happens in this too, where when they are going down the stairs, uh, and Cap is chasing Bucky and Bucky, and they're all fighting off the UN guards, um, or the police or whoever this is. Bucky is just like tossing people around, and Cap is actively like saving lives yes. as he's going, which I thought was a very well, interesting. Also, Bucky says, "I'm not going to kill anybody." Bucky is actively not trying to kill people, but Bucky isn't quite as careful about it as Cap I feel is. like Captain America is more violent in this sequence. Captain Amer- we see Captain America go out of his way to save people. In fact, I think he saves someone that Bucky just like tosses mm. at a certain point. Interesting. So I, and Bucky, I don't know, regardless, I, I, you know, I think it's all purposeful. I don't sure. think that, that was like laziness. I think that there's, there's stuff to unpack there. But let's keep moving in this. Because meanwhile, back in New York, Wanda is under house arrest and Vision is hanging out Wanda with her. Wanda is Red Widow or Scarlet Witch. Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Witch. <laughs> there's Black Widow. There's Red Widow. I mean, it's all it's They're all, all color coded. It's all dumb. It's just all the she chess is, pieces. She is the wizard girl. Uh, and she is now Vision, a man who cannot eat because he is a robot hologram <laughs> is, with a laser head. He is um, cooking for her. Yeah. And there are some sparks flying, and not there just are. because he's a robot hologram man. Yeah. Uh, they seem to be getting along, but Wanda is kind of unhappy about it, and she's confused and sad because she is responsible for the death of a bunch of people. And Tony Stark is saying, like, you can't leave the compound yes. because he doesn't want the Avengers to be out there causing more havoc. Uh, turns out... And she's the one who's most recently caused the most. Yeah. I think at this point... it's a, So we're back in, in uh, Bucharest, 
And Barnes is put into captivity. Yes, he is. He is strapped into the train from the opening of <laughs> Half Life <laughs> One. <laughs> uh, he's put into captivity. The others are all just like chided by Tony, who is there, and Thunderbolt <laughs> Ross is there. Or William Hurt like, is you there. You can't do this, yeah. but like, kind of not actually being like you're really under arrest. Steve and Tony just like keep. They're just like keep up with their talking points yeah like, and it's weird because like T'Challa's also there and it's like he's from another country he's like <laughs> the king of another country so like can you imprint like what is that uh yeah I have no idea like exactly do we have how things works. in place for like if the head of state of a UN member country went and tried to shoot somebody <laughs> in the street like can another country arrest them like I would imagine have we ever so. considered that I mean, it doesn't matter if they're wearing, like, a giant vibranium suit or... Certainly, it seems harder to take the Black Panther in than most people. Yes, I would say so. There's a great moment where, like, they're shooting at him and it just doesn't do anything. Dude. It's great. Yeah, Black Panther is powerful. Um, his his suit is just the shield. He's Yeah, he, scra- he scratches Captain America's shield. Yeah, that, that, that happens in that scene, right? I think it does, yeah. yeah. And that's you're a like, great one. And you're like, whoa. So, while this is happening, uh, do you remember that guy from Cleveland? <laughs> his name is Zemo just so we can reference who he is I did not know that from watching this movie it does not matter no it doesn't Zemo sneaks in um, and he pretends to be so he's posing as the psychiatrist that is sent to evaluate Bucky yeah. and everybody is watching this on these monitors also Martin Freeman from like Sherlock is there and yeah. he's playing an American Well, because I knew that he, he's in Black Panther yes and so he shows up in this but he's, he's also playing an American as another he seems British. like he's kind of in the uh in the uh, agent who died role, what's that guy's name? The guy who dies in the first Avengers. Um, oh, Coulson. Yeah, he's kind of a Coulson type. Yeah, but like for the UN instead of Shield. Yeah. Okay, so he shows up. But anyway, uh, they're all watching Bucky getting uh, the psychiatric evaluation, which seems like it should be private. That's confidential stuff. Bucky Barnes murders a lot of people <laughs> Fair enough. once you murder enough people nothing you do is private meanwhile we are also watching these people at a power plant nearby unpacking a crate you're like why are we watching this because we saw that the guy who got the notebook earlier from mm-hmm. the guy in cleveland was building this weird electronic device turns out it was an emp so he sets off this emp simultaneously while he is interviewing bucky the cameras go out so no one can see what he's doing in the cell with bucky and he uh asks bucky about the location of the Siberian base for the Winter Soldiers. And, like, reprograms Bucky with the words. Yes. So he gets the location of the base out of Bucky, and then he's like, Bucky, go wreck shit. And Bucky complies. Yes, ready to comply. This might actually be um, my favorite of the combat sequences, because no one is in costume. And so everyone is just kind of like, going at it like uh costumeless like it's just it's yeah it's very satisfying as all of these sequences in this movie it is awesome incredible moment where tony who doesn't have his suit has only like the iron man like glove like a partial glove and he puts it on and he's trying to like take down bucky and like bucky's about to shoot him and he puts his hand over the muzzle of the gun and just takes the bullet in his hand because he's got the the glove on it's just it's such a smart like impactful heavy show of like how do we make how do we make combat interesting? Every, every single fight scene in this movie legitimately feels like they sat down and figured out the coolest possible thing for everybody to do with their powers. And yes. like it is, you know And then they're like, let's take away the suits and what's the cool thing that they can do with their powers now? Yes. It yeah. is just fun. Like, man, this is exactly what I want these movies to be all the time. It is just such a good 
an enjoyable thing and i almost like can't believe how much i enjoyed it yeah because it, it just made me into a child uh <laughs> it is the yeah we're coming up on the the true action figures <laughs> in the bathtub sequence well and then they do it again uh, like yes yeah um so okay is, it is this is the sequence where Steve Rogers at one point holds a helicopter down as Bucky Barnes oh, tries yeah. to fly it away, which just gives us an excuse to just be like, that dude's biceps are huge. Like the size of a head. Yeah. And it's insane. Oh, man, that sequence is also great when the helicopter spins around. And it goes oh. into the water, and this time Steve rescues Bucky from the water. Exactly. At this point, Steve Rogers has pulled Bucky out of the water, and he's like, we are going to go elsewhere and figure out what is going on with Bucky and what that dude that was with him wanted. Yeah. Because they figured out that like something weird happened there. He and Birdman Sam take Bucky, and they bring him to a garage, and this is where we see him put into the vice, yeah. like the car they vice. They hold his yeah. arm in a vice. And, uh, and this, so this is that sequence from the end of Ant-Man yep. that felt like a real movie. Um. And Bucky cools down, and he tells them that Zemo is this guy. He's the Vienna bomber who bombed the UN building in Vienna, and he's trying to find the Hydra base. And he tells us about the other Winter Soldiers. Yeah, so Bucky there are, was like, a not bunch of actually other the soldiers. one who bombed Vienna. It was either that guy, or we learn like somebody who you know he had disguised, as orchestrated that. somehow yeah. by Zemo. He faked yeah. that it was Bucky uh, to blow that thing up, and. Yeah, that there are five other Winter Soldiers. Uh, they and they're the all juice in, that Bucky stole in 1991. And they're in the cryo sleep in, somewhere in that Siberian yeah um, place. Place. So that's where that guy is going. So Bucky's like, he's going to unleash all of these other Winter Soldiers on the world. And we know that we, in a flashback, see that these Winter Soldiers are perhaps stronger than Bucky himself. They can himself. beat Bucky in a fight. Yes. And, and he, Bucky describes them as being able to completely destroy a government and escape without detection. And you're like, that seems real bad. Yeah, not a good uh, thing. <laughs> the stakes have never been higher. And so, last time we went into space. <laughs> so at this point, Steve is like, we need to act. And and uh, Birdman Sam is like, should we call Tony or something? Or Steve's like, should we call Tony? One of them says, and the, the other one's like, no, because of the Accords, he can't help us. Right. So S- Steve makes the call to go rogue. So he's like, we have to assemble everyone who's sympathetic to our cause, and we're going to go after, we're going to go where Bucky knows where this base is, and we're going to stop Zemo. Yeah. Because we can't wait for the UN. Um, this is where we go to uh, Wanda and Vision in New York and Hawkeye shows up and it's clear that Hawkeye has been sent like kind of by Steve to free Wanda Um, and they kind of like detain Vision uh, with special arrows. They hold Vision with like EMP stuff. Vision is sort of... Vision. Vision Vision is sort of fallible in ways that I'm curious about them expanding on. He's just a robot. I guess he's just a robot. But then also Wanda like throws him down 4,000 feet into the Earth's crust. Tunnels him into the ground. It's it is so stupid. It's very stupid. And it like, is clear. Why the, can't she do that all the time? The one issue with the Russo Brother movies is that they like to have dumb things where people just go underground. They do love Like that. just drop through holes in yeah, the ground. Yeah, Sam Jackson was tunneling all the all time through, in the last one. <laughs> he's dig-dugging all through. <laughs> Somehow this one makes more sense than that one. No, though. it does. This one makes a million times more sense because it uses magic. That one was just like Sam Jackson has a tool the plot that lets needs him it. dig into the ground <laughs> yeah totally um 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, uh, Tony realizes that like Steve and uh, Bur- Birdman Sam have gotten away with Bucky, so he's like, we're going to have to bring them in. We need more firepower. Right. So, he goes to Queens. Well, yeah. So, he says that he knows a guy who can help them. Yes. Do you want to... No, this is after Sam also says that he knows a guy, and Sam is referring to Ant-Man, we know, because of the prior Ant-Man <sighs> movie that we had to watch. insectoid superheroes... <laughs> The lesser, the le- because Tony Stark is going to meet Spider-Boy. How do they never make a joke about both of them being insect They're going to do it. Yeah, I guess, hopefully. There, there's enough good jokes so far in this that they're going to do it. Yeah. But. Um. So, yeah, Tony goes to Queens. And meets Spider-Man, and we meet our second new character of this movie, in addition to Jala, which is crazy. Yeah. And uh, the efficiency with which they introduce Peter Parker. It works. I mean, they also introduce Aunt May. Yeah, dude. No, they're yeah. burning. Like, they are doing damage. Marissa Tomei as Aunt May inspired casting, <laughs> <laughs> which they are so aware of. Oh, they're leaning They play in. it up. They lean into it so hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Peter Parker is the spider boy who does whatever the spider can. Yeah. And Tom Holland is very charming as Peter he's Parker. He's really good. Everyone I don't really it. understand why Miles Morales couldn't be just in the actual movies and we had to give him an animated movie, but... I, yeah, I mean, I think that there's... Uh, <laughs> hey, here yeah. we are. <laughs> I mean, are we surprised? No, <laughs> no, we're not surprised at all. Doc the movie a star for that alone. What kind of... Yeah. Feels like you could have just done it. It would have been pretty easy. So, Spider-Man's joining... Tony's team. So meanwhile, uh, Steve meets up with, he's driving in this buggy. Because <laughs> they're in Berlin. They're in Berlin. Steve's and he's has got driving. a VW Beetle. VW Beetle. Uh, which he thinks is inconspicuous, <laughs> which is delightful. <laughs> yeah, it is really cute. That's a cute moment for Steve. Um, and Birdman Sam and Bucky are in the back seat, and they are no, uncomfortable. Birdman Sam is in the front. Oh, and right. Bucky and Bucky's is in, the in the back. back. Yeah. And Bucky's like, can you move the seat up? <laughs> And Birdman Sam is like, no. And you're like, I like this. Yeah. I like this dynamic all the time. I would watch a buddy movie that is just them. <laughs> uh, you might be in luck. Really? That's the TV show that's coming out. Wow. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Maybe. But I think it's like... Birdman Sam and Bucky. And Bucky. It, Bucky and Birdman would, would be the way to do it. Yeah. I'm so it's that. a real Butch and Sundance right I don't, there. I don't know who gets the first billing on that, but yeah. I, I'm still in. Um. So in any case, they meet up. Uh, Steve drives like under uh, uh, the autobahn, I assume, <laughs> um, under like a highway pass, and they meet up with Sharon Carter again, Peggy's niece, who yes. Steve has a has a has a little thing. Little thing. Well, little thing. Spark. Hasn't blossomed yet. No. Will it? Uh, who knows? <laughs> Probably within the next few minutes, if anything. We don't think she's going to be in this <laughs> yeah. movie that much I more, know. is she? Uh, she gives them their costumes back and like his shield and stuff. Yeah, because they confiscated all that when the so cops brought she them is, in. She is betraying the UN very clearly. Uh, for for this dude, for, you know, a very handsome man with big biceps, enormous biceps. Uh, and they're just kind of like talking. And then I can't remember who goes in for the kiss. I think it's Steve. I think it's like a mutual. Is it know. all right? Well, like it is, but they just make out for a bit. And you, we are both like, wait, are the are, are Birdman Sam yeah, and I was Bucky like, just gotta watching? They got to give me the reaction shot, and then they do. <laughs> they do. And it's the, the casualist smile. It's very good. Uh, it is. It is surprisingly subtle. Yes. Yeah. Well, and they're like this movie executes on humor and self-awareness in a way that winter soldier completely failed to i think uh, yes. a lot of good stuff like i like 
Birdman Sam in this movie, whose yeah. actual superhero name I do not remember, because they are consistently undercutting. He, like he acknowledges his ridiculousness at every turn. Yes, he is the best at doing this, and we're gonna get to that line soon. I do think that it would have been slightly better if Bucky at some point was like, who's she? <laughs> and then Cav had to explain that it was the niece of his ex-girlfriend who oh, Bucky has met yeah, dude, and like, that would knows. Be, that would be a lot for a man whose brain has been fried by the Nazis to take in. But he is just like, oh, cool, Cap's getting over his ex. Like, <laughs> finally, after all There's these years. nothing weird about this. <laughs> no. So... <laughs> so pure um <laughs> all right so uh everybody goes to the airport because rogers uh steve steve uh birdman sam uh wanda hawkeye ant-man and bucky are all like we gotta oh, fly yeah. to siberia Ant-Man to stop. shows up oh yeah they have ant-man he met hawkeye back when ant-man tried to steal stuff from the avengers <laughs> compound and he defeated hawkeye guess who's still not, not funny. hawkeye uh, uh yeah uh, falcon it's Birdman, Birdman Sam. Sam. Yeah. Uh, Guess who is still not funny in these movies? Dude, Paul Rudd is. It's not great. Anthony Mackie is running circles oh, around Paul Rudd. Dude, Bucky Barnes is a yes, comedic <laughs> machine gun compared to, uh, like. Paul Rudd is, I don't know what it is, but they just can't deliver on it. No, it's his lines are so stilted. He's clearly meant to be the comedic relief yes but the fact of the matter is is that everyone is allowed to be the comedic relief in yes. this movie and so you have spider-man now so yes. you got your wisecracker yeah exactly the one who's like nervous talking yes. is spider-man so you don't need ant-man yes and like his nervous talking just comes off as like at best precious and at worst just like irritating we got an ant-man movie before a black widow movie i <laughs> think about that just think about that Black Panther is like five movies away right now, and we have a Paul Rudd starring role that already happened. Think about it. <laughs> Just think about it. Have you thought about it? Can we resume? Oh, God. Um, okay, we're back, uh, having thought. All right, so they're at the airport. Guess who's going to show up to stop them from getting on that plane? Uh, it's Tony's team, which is comprised of Natasha, T'Challa, but T'Challa is just there to kill Bucky Barnes. T'Challa, yeah, t- but T'Challa's like got his own his own thing, but he is on, he's fighting alongside these people. Because he, he aligns with yes. them, but he... is convenient for yeah, him. Yeah, he's not really there to bring anybody in. He is there to murder Bucky Barnes. Yes, he wants to take down Bucky Barnes, the father killer. As, as he is known. As he is known. Uh, uh, Vision is also there, and of course Spider-Man gets like a nice little intro. It's it, it, all very fun. And then the, the most... I thought I was going to hate this sequence, i got to be honest with you. I thought I was going to hate it. I actually, it's not my favorite because it is very fan service It's a lot of fun. But, um, and then I have more thoughts on this considering a later sequence. But <laughs> this is this is the most, like, you're a kid and your parents buy you, like, not just the action figures, but the play set to set it all in. <laughs> and, like, they just have a blast with it. And it's just superhero and superhero action. There's that actual scene where both, like, everyone lines up on each side. Yes. And then they run towards each and other. And there's in just the sharks and jets. Yes. Uh, and one of those dudes is a physical jet, uh, and uh, but everyone's also reacting to Spider-Man. What is what is uh, 
Birdman Sam's line Spider-Man, while he and Bucky are fleeing. <laughs> Spider-Man like, jumps onto a roof above Birdman Sam and Bucky who are running. <laughs> Birdman Sam goes, everybody's got a gimmick now. <laughs> and it's so good. It's such good delivery. Then like they both get taken down by Spider-Man oh, and great. Bucky makes like a wisecrack and Birdman Sam's just like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, it's just awesome. Like everybody gets to be a character all of a sudden. Yes. It's super fun and characterful. You get your dumb thing where at one point Spider-Man like attaches webs to Captain America and is like pulling on him and yeah. I and I am an idiot and I'm like well there's no way he's stronger than Captain America and then yes Captain America is stronger than him and demonstrates it and you're like well thank god everyone seems very balanced in an interesting way yeah. except for Wanda because Wanda still makes no she's sense she's a wizard she's a wizard she and she's wearing she a wants. terrible stupid corset yes like, the, uh, the corset is not a smart decision. I just really think it's bad. Like, it's clearly meant to be kind of sexy, but not I, only is it not sexy, like, it is not sexy on various it levels. It would be totally cool if it was, though. <laughs> it's No, it's, it's like, because it feels, like, so inappropriate to both the character and the tone of the film. And, like, doing things And doing wizard? things in general, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess she doesn't have to, like, jump around quite as much as everybody else. But it also is just, like, not a good-looking costume. No, it's bad. It's yeah. dumb. It's like, you could design a better corset yes, costume than totally, that if totally. you needed to. And put it on Tony Stark. <laughs> dreams, My burlesque dreams, dream. <laughs> dreams do come true. He doesn't have the pecs to fill it out. That's true. Okay. Yeah, you really do need it on Steve. Yeah. Um, Okay, so they're, everybody's fighting. Ant-Man gets really big at one point, and... Uh, and they actively reference The Empire Strikes Back, which of course you do, because this is the dark middle chapter. It just happens to be the 13th film in a 23-film arc. Yes, and and Spider-Man takes him down like an AT-AT. Um, or is it an AT-AT? I can never remember. It's an AT-AT. Is it? Okay. Uh, so they, I mean, I don't know. You can go yeah, what, Or maybe it's an AT-ST. I can't remember. No, the, the ST is the small one. Oh, that's a smaller one? Yeah. That's the bipedal one? And then the AT-AT is the... the quad yeah right yeah. okay um but so it would be an atst because ant-man is bipedal great point this is the work that people need to be doing <laughs> except there are no atsts in empire i don't think oh where else would they oh they they're, they just in, they're on endor yeah yeah you're right then that might be an error in this film yeah uh let's write that the, up write the russo brothers about this one let's find their podcast where they say write us won't you <laughs> yeah, russo Tom brothers at <laughs> at russobros.co that's a co yeah we couldn't get they couldn't afford the com <laughs> um all right anyway uh the, um bucky and cap managed to get away but they're at being the last pursued second. by t'challa but they're being pursued by t'challa to murder bucky barnes and they're they're almost at this harrier jet that they're going to get into and then natasha is there and we're like well game's up now because natasha can take down anyone and uh, she basically basically just says, like, no, you guys go. Yeah. This is the most characterful moment that I think we've gotten yes. from Natasha in a long time, at the very least. Yeah, this is And it like is very interesting. Work. It is very, it's, it was not what I expected. Like, she surprised me. Yes. And that is the, that's what the definition of a round character is that they have to surprise you. Sure. Um, and I would say that this is when Black Widow achieves roundness. In um, like the E.M. Forster like scale of flat to round um, <laughs> aspects of the novel, yeah. Uh, and T'Challa is like hot on their heels, but like she's using she's, she's got like, her electric stun power thing, thing she, so she she's uses, like and... keeping him. And so Cap and Bucky manage to get away, and uh, the rest of like the rest of the um, rogue superheroes are all rounded up and the UN takes them into custody and puts them in jail which yes. is also just hilarious 
a weird jail that we will talk about soon. Um, so an important note here is that we don't see Natasha for the rest of the movie, which I didn't realize. Are you sure of that? Yes. I'm like 90% sure. And I know that the reason why is because the uh, New Black Widow movie takes place between Civil War and her next appearance. Oh, that's kind of interesting. So she, I believe, the implication is that she's like, I'm a traitor to the UN now. I need to go into hiding. That's a good move. Because... And she goes to Russia. So they could have made the Black Widow movie now. That would be awesome. But this is where she goes to Russia. And in the New Black Widow movie, which is a a, a, a prequel, she's it's like it's her dealing with like her, her family and friends. I don't know. Gotcha. Whatever. Okay, Her, uh, yeah. so yeah, she's just kind of not there. Um, um, meanwhile, Tony is uh, like, well, st- well, Bucky and Steve fly north to Siberia. Tony like is at home at the Avengers base and realizes that he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember exactly how, but he realizes that Bucky didn't set off the bomb and that it was the Zemo guy. They find the body of the guy who was supposed to be the... Um interrogator yes and he's dead in a bathtub and in that same house there is a disguise that looks like bucky barnes yeah and so they realized that the guy who interrogated was not actually the real interrogator and that there was somebody was pretending to be bucky so now bucky is exonerated from at least that crime yeah so so tony realizes that he made a mistake oh wait and um, we didn't even mention this but during the escape Vision accidentally. Oh right! So Vision was like carry. Okay, at the airport during the airport scene. Yeah. Um, Vision is is supposed to be taking down the jet as it's flying away, and War Machine is in pursuit of the jet. But Vision is distracted by uh, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Wanda. Yeah, who he's crushing on super hard. Uh, and, and then he gets hit while he's like firing at the jet. Someone knocks into him. Oh, I, I thought, think it's Ant Man. Maybe I thought that it was that he was like paying attention to her. I can't remember. Someone. I mean, he's aiming at the jet, and then something knocks into him because he's not paying attention. Yeah, he misses. He misses basically, and he hits Rhodey, um, and Rhodey's suit malfunctions, and he just and falls. he just drops. Um, talk about heavy. Very far. Um, yeah, he drops very far. Uh, we know that, so Rhodey is like on the ground uh, and Tony ceases his pursuit of the, the jet that, that Cap and Bucky Ronnie goes down and he like holds Rhodey in his arms and mm-hmm. they get a pulse. So we yeah. know that Rhodey is, is not dead. It's not dead. But it is not a good day. So, so Rhodey is getting an MRI while Cap and Bucky are flying north and then Tony realizes that he made a mistake. Yes. And he finds out about Zemo. Uh, and he goes then to the weird water base. There's a water fortress. Fortress that uh, like the UN runs because General Thunderbolt Ross is there, or is it an American it, base? It is a fortress where they imprison people in the water. Uh, which I guess if you had all these superheroes, like that is probably the best place to keep them. Mm-hmm. Um, so he talks with. Um, so he goes there and he's like talking with. Uh, with Ross and Ross like doesn't release him to you know he's like well, I think we made a mistake but no one else is quite quite ready to listen to him so he goes down and he talks to um, Birdman Sam in the jail cell and he just says like you know we have a limited amount of time to talk because he like shuts down the uh, the the like security he's yeah. like we have a limited amount of time to talk I need to know where Steve went um, and Birdman Sam tells him so Tony then gets in a helicopter above this base 
who knows where anything is at this point anymore. Yeah, like the this geography could be off of any it. coast. <laughs> this could be in the Baltic for all <laughs> it's we know. So true. Um, and I mean, but Tony was like at Avengers HQ briefly before this, so who knows? He um he gets in his Iron Man suit and he flies towards Siberia. Yeah. So we are now in Siberia, uh, where we, we find assume out- that all of the. Uh, the Siberian base winter yeah. soldiers are yes all of these who are in cryogenic sleep and that's where Zemo was headed um, and we also we find out that, that Bucky and and Steve arrive but that T'Challa has somehow pursued all of them so T'Challa is there as well yeah it doesn't really I don't think it tells us how but I think he has like his own plane I think he's like a doesn't even like he a, has an invisible an invisible jet, jet. yeah yeah it's, he's, he's got flying the and we see him flying we see him flying invisible okay. jet. <laughs> He has an invisible jet. jet. I can't believe that this is the movie where they introduced the invisible jet. This is that is <laughs> well, the, that is the a aircraft conceit. carrier was invisible before. Uh, yeah, the invisible jet is actually a conceit that even Wonder Woman was just like, no, that seems too weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's know, a lasso of truth they in that movie. They had an invisible car in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, and that's that's, real that's life. been more inspired. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, these are just kind of magic realism compared yeah. to Atlanta. <laughs> If someone were to describe superhero movies as magic realism, it's <laughs> uh, like calling a, a, a Winter Soldier a political thriller. Yeah, it is, except that I also think it's more accurate. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Tony arrives to, no one knows that T'Challa is there yet, but uh, Bucky and Steve run into Tony and Tony's like, hey, I, friends, yeah, I, cool. know, I know everything that happened. And Steve's like, well, glad to have you here. And we're all kind of like, all right. Everybody's back These together. These people are going to square off. They're going to square the off. Soldiers. And yes, it's going to be like, a hell of a an ending fight. I don't know if they can take them all. Maybe, <laughs> but then we also know T'Challa's going to be there, and he's going to be the thing that saves the day. Because T'Challa murders Bucky, <laughs> or murders Bucky. But I assumed at that point, I was like, okay, T'Challa's going to like figure out at the last second what's going on, and he's going to come in, and he's going to save everybody from the Winter Soldiers, right? Because he's going to realize that Bucky's not actually mm-hmm. responsible. Because we know that T'Challa's not going to actually kill Bucky. Yeah, it seems unlikely. He's going to realize like. You know, they're not going to make T'Challa like that, make such a big gaff like that. He's going to realize yeah. that Bucky didn't. So anyway, that's what we assume. They enter like the holding tanks where all the Winter Soldiers are. And uh, they're all in their tanks, but they all like look, look like they've been shot through the head. Yeah, they've all been killed. Yeah, so they're all dead. And we're like, what's going on? Yeah. And Zemo is like behind some sort of like a blast shield. He's in like a control room in this terrifying Nazi Soviet lab. Yeah. And they can't reach him, basically. Yeah, it's because... designed to withstand like rocket launches. Like, there's no way for them to get in. Yeah, and he says, "Like, you thought that I wanted more of you people." And does he explain his his yeah. backstory? So now? he explains the plan, which was essentially he uh, he was a Sokovian government official or something like and that. And he was with his family. He was with his and family. The yeah. action in Sokovia killed his father and his wife and his children. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he does not like the Avengers, but he did not want the Avengers. He didn't want to just fight the Avengers because if you just fight something, it makes it stronger. Yeah. He wanted to destroy it from within. And so he realized that if he could get everybody chasing Bucky, he could tear them apart from the inside. And he then somehow like pops up this little screen that yeah, they're all able to VHS see. VHS player. The VHS player is, is a, a yeah, CRT TV that that turns on and there is this security footage of the road from the very beginning of the film where Bucky was on the motorcycle and punches the window of the car that then hits a tree. Um, And we see Bucky getting the super soldier serum from the back of the trunk. 
and Tony and Bucky and Steve are all watching this, and Bucky's like, mm, like biting his fist, his metal fist. Yeah. Uh, and Tony's like, the Steve say like, we don't need to watch this, and Tony's like, no, I need to see this or something. He's like, I know that road. Uh, I don't know. Tony I... says, I know that road because okay. he's familiar with the road. We then see uh, John Slattery, uh, Roger Sterling, who plays Tony's dad some of the time, gets out of the car and he's like bleeding from the head. Um, and we realize, oh shit, this is Tony's parents' car. Yes. This is the car accident. Um, and then we see Bucky in the past just like punch Tony's, Tony's dad in the head a few times. Makes it look like a car accident, and then he chokes and then out he Tony's chokes, mom, yeah, he and chokes. you're like, this is fucked up. And Tony turns to Steve and basically says, like, you knew about this? It's unclear to me how Steve knew about this, but somehow Steve knew about this. Yeah, that that's a little bit... It's a little murky. Uncertain to me as well. Um, and, but we'll talk about some of this stuff, I think, in the after show. <laughs> <In> the- <laughs> Such as it is. This is a lengthy I, show. I know. I, this is going to be a very There's so long much, one. dude. I know. Um, it's a rich text. Anyway, uh, so uh, Steve is like, Tony, like, calm down. Tony is like looking at Bucky. He's like, no. He's like, no, he killed my mom. Like, he killed my dad and my mom. Yeah, and like clearly, as we learned earlier in this movie, Tony is not really over that. No. And Zemo is just like, my work here is done, and he wanders away. Yeah. At this point, a big relatively long fight breaks out this is and this is the climactic fight but it's actually very small scale yes it is just three super men um (laughs) all fighting each other uh is bucky and steve versus tony and it is the actual like most comic book thing in the world because it is the the question of like when you like the two you argue on the playground yes. about whether Iron Man could beat Captain America or not. And you and you actually see it and And you find it like it's a lot of back and forth. And it, it is shot exceptionally. There is a certain series of wide angle shots in this that are just like, Oh my god, this is like real visual storytelling being executed for a robot man punching a jacked guy. Like, yes. It is it's very well done. It's all very well done. At one awesome. point Tony rips off um Bucky's like robot arm. Yeah, Bucky is like subdued at a certain point Bucky and is, is kind very of out subdued. of the fight. And Tony is actually it looks like he's about to take down Cap. He yeah. has his his suit basically like uh analyze and recognize Cap's uh fight, fight pattern patterns. which it seems like he should do earlier but yes. hey but um and he's getting the upper hand on cap and then like bucky just comes in like with his arm his like remaining arm just like trips iron man it's like yeah. a very you know classic classic dumb move thing. <laughs> dumb thing and tony uh falls down and then cap just wails on him and crushes tony's uh arc reactor, arc reactor. which is no longer part of tony's body yes which would be a more interesting thing in some ways i, if I, that I think was... that would have been but it, like i think that it is symbolically it definitely his is. heart yeah it still is the thing that keeps him alive and cap just like splits it in half with his shield splits it in half with his shield um like pulls his shield out and he p- helps Bucky up and he just like starts walking away and Tony's just like you don't deserve that shield. No, he's like you don't own that shield. Oh, you don't own that shield because his it's, dad that shield's not yours or something. His dad like that. made it. Yeah, because Tony's dad made the shield. Yeah, you're right. And that's a that's a, that's another callback to his dad. And yeah. uh, then Cap is just like fine, drops the shield <laughs> on the ground. He and Bucky leave. You get a great shot of Tony just like on the floor, unable to stand in his robot suit that's yeah. busted, and you're just like. Man, you could even end it here, and it would be the most savage thing I've ever seen in my life. But they don't. It is. It is rough to look at, dude. It, it is. is yeah. It is like you know. To his credit, man, this movie delivers 
on making me care about it. Uh, yeah. And, and we'll, uh, that scene here, just like, things are bad for the Avengers. Like, it is not good. I did not expect to yes. to feel the way that I did, insofar as that there was a part where I was legitimately like, there's a way Captain America can beat Tony. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but it's two on one. And I was like, that's kind of unfair. Dude, so it's not really a win. To- I, I think Captain America can always beat Tony Stark. No, but clearly he can't. Because if Bucky hadn't interceded, then Tony would have won. Uh, the question is, is Tony Stark cheating because he has a robot on his side? Well, is, is Captain America cheating because he has a shield? I mean, I would say no, because Tony has has his suit. But I don't, you know, it's, but this is you can go <laughs> back and forth like this. The important thing though is that like I wanted Tony to win. Yeah, you definitely did because <laughs> I like Tony more than I like Captain America. Yeah, yeah. And that was the weird thing to me was the recognition. It of, finally, like, it really clicked for you. Yes, yeah. of like like that. This is that I actually care about the outcome of this fight, which sure. is maybe the first time in any of these movies that I have. That's interesting. I feel like I'm more ideologically aligned with Tony in this situation, but I enjoy friendship, mm. and so I don't want Bucky Barnes to get murdered. You know what yes. I mean? And so I'm like, I want. It was like the pleasing outcome to me of this kind of stalemate, and everybody loses. Yes, Tony is in the wrong in the attempt if in in trying to murder Bucky Barnes. Yeah, he is in the wrong in doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I it's I just think that it is interesting that it's the first time when an outcome wasn't clear to me. This yeah. was a fight where I really didn't know who was going to well, win. And that's it's the actually, first time that's ever happened. And in it's these crazy because it's like there always is some evil that is greater than the Avengers. And in yeah. this case, it's finally just like no, it's here's an interpersonal story, and you're just like, oh yeah, this is what actual storytelling is: is people having relationships and those relationships growing and changing. I was I was talking with someone about this movie, and she was saying that like. All she hadn't seen any Marvel movies, and like all the people she knows who love Marvel movies, yeah. they were like, they were like, you don't like them because like the the stakes are always like cataclysmic. Yep. This is the one that's about interpersonal that's relationships. It, and she watched it, and she was like, but I didn't understand a single thing. And you can't. And that's the, the thing that's almost too bad about this is that you can't. And we'll, we'll have to get to this soon, whether, you know, but you can't actually enjoy any of the yep. interpersonal conflict if you haven't seen every single one of the other movies. I can't nod harder. I yeah. totally, that's a, I, that and was the, the realization. And that's the thing is like the Dark Knight manages this yes. without requiring you to have seen all the other movies, yep. which is maybe why the Dark Knight is still the best superhero movie ever Yeah, made. probably. Um, but yeah, it is, but boy, is this a good ending. Okay, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about uh, what well, happens. It's kind of not it's over yet. It's kind of not over yet. So uh, Zemo is like out in si- the Siberian wilderness and he's, uh, he's like, my work here is done. I can join my, mu- my wife and my children again. And he's about to shoot himself and T'Challa is just like, nah. <laughs> and just like, like grabs the gun yeah, away at T'Challa the last second. T'Challa has a talk with him. Yeah, kind and of about like we lost our fathers. Yes, we are. These movies are about dudes losing dudes, 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 dude, 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 dudes. And then yeah, Zemo tries to shoot himself in the head, and Charles like, no. Yeah, we're taking you in. People, <laughs> yeah. people need to talk to you about some <laughs> it's, things. It's very much just like I know we just had that bro down yeah. about our dads and stuff, but like I seriously can't let you get out yeah. that easy. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a very good scene. Um, it is, and you this is T'Challa's arc is that yes. he goes from like being one single minded and taking down Bucky. He now knows what's actually going on, and he doesn't let the person who killed his father die. Yeah, and he brings him to justice. He brings him to justice, and th- considering how fast the arc is resolved, it's, it's 
very effective. It is very good. It is very economic and smart yeah. and like well done. And I want to see that Black Panther movie. Me too. Definitely. Um, okay, good. So that happens. Then uh, we go back to New York where Tony is talking with Rhodey. Rhodey has an exoskeleton. We assume that he will soon begin delivering packages. <laughs> yes, he will go out into the time fall. Yeah. Uh, um, but Rhodey is like walking again with the use of his exos- exoskeleton. We finally get our Stan Lee appearance. Yep. Um, delivering wait. a package to Mr. Stank. Pretty funny. <laughs> it's a good joke. It is a good joke. They uh, were sitting on that one for a little while. Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rhodey is paralyzed from the waist down now, which is bummer. Yeah. And then uh, I think our final scene is that we see that water base again. We see all of these UN soldiers like knocked out. And then Birdman Sam looks out his cell, his like cell window and uh, Steve Rogers approaches to let him out. And Steve Rogers like wrote a letter to Tony Stark that says like the oh, Avengers right. will be here if you want us or something. I he didn't really fully understand that. He gives him a cell phone that basically says like we will be here if you need us. So is the but is the premise there that like they're still going to operate outside the law, but mm-hmm. Tony Stark could rejoin if he wants? No, I think that there are two Avengers now. Okay. There's Tony's Avengers and then there's the uh the Caps America. This is like Avengers. what happened to the band ELO and why now there's Jeff Lynn's ELO yes. and then just ELO. Yeah, I think that this was actually originally an adaptation this of also ELO's to third story. eye blind. <laughs> Is there fourth eye blind? Uh, no, there's like the 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 Just band currently blind? touring as Third Eye Blind mm-hmm. only has the singer from Third Eye Blind who actually didn't write any of the songs. Oh really? And then there's another band called like the other Third Eye Blind or something that is actually the band Third do they, Eye Blind. Do they, with they a play? Singer. Do they play the Third Eye Blind songs? Uh-huh. Oh, they both played the Third Eye Blind cool. songs. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's what's going on here. Okay. And then Cap <laughs> breaks out Birdman Sam, uh, and that's the end of Captain America: Civil War. So, Bob, what do you think of this movie? I mean, I freaking love this movie. I And, you know, it's one of those things where the further away I get from it, the more I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it has, like... I think that all of it, all of its problems... It is weird. It is, I think... I mean, I don't want to spoil what's going to happen later, but I think it's the best one. I think it's the... I think it is the only... Su- it's, like, really competitive with something like The Dark Knight. It is totally reliant on you having seen them all. But you know what? If that's what the grand experiment is, dude, this is your Empire Strikes Back, and it shows up, and it does its job, and it's mm. killer. Um, the, it suffers, and I think that it casts into sharper relief all of the flaws that are endemic to these movies. The fact that it is a total sausage party. The fact that there is like limited diversity until all of a sudden there is now like, okay, we're fixing that. You know, it like all of those things are definitely highlighted by the overall quality of this because, like, finally you can just focus on all of those things instead of just being like, but it like could be a better movie, right? Like, yeah. this is like the first time that ev- the movie itself is firing on every cylinder. It's so strong that you can it really lets you focus on these other failings that are more just like holistic. Yeah, there's yeah. Than just like the minute to minute, like, is the movie there? I agree. Um. I have, I'd say that like my, my, I've, uh, you know, a total of maybe three issues, all of which are in the scheme of things, relatively small ones, the, the politics of the movie, like you were just talking about also the politics in the movie, as we were talking about before, don't quite work for me, but I don't really know the best way to fix that either. And then the final thing for me that you and I talked a little bit about immediately after watching it, Tony's character doesn't quite work for me in this film because they are usually so good at showing when Tony, the reasons why and when Tony is not fully stable. 
and his uh the word heel turn has been used a lot in the, this year following uh the game of thrones daenerys heel turn mm. there's a bit of a heel turn in tony's um attack on bucky at the very end when he finds out that bucky tony is smart enough to know that bucky was not himself when that was happening totally and at and, the same time it is interesting to think about the idea that tony only knows cap they yeah. are contentious and he has never actually met Bucky, and the only person who can vouch for Bucky in this scenario is Cap. And he's surrounded. He's surrounded by two people who are not quite friends. And yeah, and yeah. Tony has never actually met Bucky. And I think I see all of that, but Tony is also revealed to be a relatively smart person who makes mistakes. <laughs> usually, like, because the man who builds the Iron Man suit is a relatively yes. smart person but, in this world. <laughs> <laughs> or builds Jarvis, who is sure. maybe the yeah the most logical <laughs> AI. But I think that the issue is is that like. We need to see Tony broken down more before he makes a mistake like this. He needs to be drinking. That's, yes. It's as simple I as that. Like, agree, they have the pieces there to more. do it. But the problem is that then if he's doing that, it it definitely complicates like the scene where he is a mentor to Spider-Man and stuff mm-hmm. a little bit. Like It makes that a little weirder if That's he's true. like real off the wagon. And, and now he's also bringing in some kid. Yeah. yeah some 16-year-old. <laughs> That's a little strange. No, I agree. Um, I think, though, that there's probably a way to thread that needle. I just, I really yeah. wanted, I mean, they started with the, with the entire pepper and he are broken up yep. and that's off screen, but like also the sudden focus on his, his parents, which wasn't as prevalent in the last uh, few movies with Tony. It hasn't really been since Iron Man 2. It's true. Uh, like we need, we need to show that we need to show Tony like suffering personally as opposed, you know, and, and like making mistakes as a result of that. Yeah, and this very much feels like a sequel to Iron Man 2 in some weird way to me. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, it is. More, like, almost more so than Winter Soldier, like, yeah. than a sequel to Winter Soldier, oddly. But that's... This movie is much more about an arc for Tony in many oh, ways I, than Yeah, it I is think that everybody's arc is... And it, it really emphasizes to me, like, Captain America's arc is sort of the least interesting one, but he is a great framework for all the other characters to have arcs on. Because he's, you don't need to give him a lot of time because he's just such a just, like straight ahead square jaw dude yes yeah and he is a a good uh, what's the word i'm looking for not bulwark but he is like he is a good opponent yes for for like ideas to be bounced off of because he is he is so just righteous and dogmatic and And, yeah dogmatic and, and he is yeah you you can sit down and say like i want to have a sounding board for this idea it is always going to be interesting to see how captain america responds to it mm-hmm. but like captain america's actions are kind of rarely interesting because he's not really much of a character because of that consistency yeah and like the and point tony's of the polar america opposite of that yes. yeah tony is someone who goes back and forth he yeah like you said this is a direct reaction to iron man 2 in which the government tries to yes to regulate um superheroes and that's i think that like this is Boy, this movie really is a sequel to Iron Man Two. Yeah, it it well, it's it's it pays off a lot of the stuff that exists in Iron Man Two yeah. for Tony. Thematically, Stark. for Tony Stark, and also just thematically, it revisits a lot of yeah, Iron Man Two. It does. Um, boy, we are deep in the weeds on this. <laughs> what do you think of this movie? Okay, so if we're going to talk about rankings, no, I just I'm just like I I, I think, think this movie is great. A general, honestly, list. I enjoyed this movie maybe more than I enjoyed. So like these things, I always need to wait a little while to see how it sits with me, and we only just watched this like two nights ago, mm-hmm. so I might feel differently. Um, but I think this movie is fantastic. I think it's really good as a television episode. 
I think that we have to accept that that's what they're trying to do. And I think that that's actually the real thing that I came away from this movie with. I previously would go to see these movies occasionally, like Mm -hmm. the three of them or four of them that I'd seen. And I would see the ones that got very high Rotten Tomato scores or whatever. Same. Right? Yeah. And I would be like, that's not that good. Yeah. But you know what it was? It's that the people giving the scores have all seen all of them. By virtue of being they're critics. movie critics. Yes. And they are not, whether or not they are conscious of it, they seem to be incapable of openly acknowledging that perhaps there is so much happening outside of the, each individual movie that they don't even realize that they are absorbing it. Mm-hmm. That there's like this osmosis effect where it's just like, Sure, they kind of introduced this person in this new movie, but it's really only at that level of quality if you have had the previous exposure to them that was even like 10 minutes. It's almost subliminal. And yes, it's, like it's you're almost saying. subliminal. Yes. And nobody just says like, hey, this movie is really good if you've seen the other Marvel movies. And instead they just go like, it's a really good movie, not acknowledging that they've seen all of the movies. And yeah. this is the movie that really drove that home for me. And it's like, this is a great movie. If you haven't seen a Marvel movie, though, if you haven't seen all the Marvel movies, you can stay home and you'll be great. So the real question that we have to answer is, like, is this a better movie that's, than Iron Man 1? Uh, that's, that's the question. And, like, it's, it's, it almost begs to have two lists, right? Which we're not going to do. We'll <laughs> just make this clear. That is against the rules of the cast. I will say that, like, after we've seen all 23, there's going to be a part of me that does want to go back and restructure a list for, like, people, a, retroactive. a retroactive, like, here's the list. If you have never seen a Marvel movie before, here are the actual lists. If you have never seen a Marvel lists. movie before, yeah. Iron Man will always be number one. Yes, It I is agree. number one with a bullet. It can never be unseated. Yeah. It is the only one that actually thought there would never be another one. Yeah. It's... A, so, like, the question is, does this actually unseat Iron Man? Um, I believe that this is... I believe it is better. Okay. So... I believe this is We're going to vote. We're going to say yay or nay on three. Should this be number one? One, two, three. Yay. yay. All right. It's done. It's done. It's yeah. number one. We needed to shake this shit up at it, some well, point. But also, it just... It's better. It's it is everything. It is it is better. It is without question a better t- episode in this episodic series of movies. I think that like the Empire Strikes Back is a very 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 smart uh, like corollary because the Empire Strikes Back requires you to have seen to really hope. yeah to understand why it matters yes at all. and and so this is this movie is not unprecedented it is unprecedented in that it takes 13 movies to get That's to it. it but it's not unprecedented in being a fully serialized uh like reliant, reliant on the preceding, on the preceding one type of sequel yeah well and i was talking with my wife about this and it actually kind of makes me sad because this movie is really awesome and I, I got an incredible amount of enjoyment from it. But for somebody who's never seen the Marvel movies, it is hard for me to say, yeah, you should go, you should do it. You know, it's like, it's, it's hard because there are just these patches of it where you're watching Ant-Man and then Ant-Man is a major character in this. And it's like, it's helpful to have seen Ant-Man so that when he shows up in this, you're like, okay, I know what that dude can do and stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's it is yeah. even if it doesn't seem like it would be that meaningful, it does help. It it is helpful. 
And so it's like, I don't want to tell anybody to go see Ant-Man, but you're kind of, you kind of got to strap in, you know, like the payoff is, I think you can, I think you can skip Ant-Man, but see, I honestly think you can, because it's not as though his character adds anything. It's, but here, the difference is though, that when he shows up for us, right? We both go like, ah, this guy again. And, and so, that's better. But that's being... because we, you and I are sharing a shared experience as opposed to having seen, like, am I glad that we watched Ant-Man so that we could have the experience of like shitting on that movie? Yes, 100%. But that's because it's satisfying to have the experience of shitting on the movie, not because it was a good movie. No, but what I'm saying is this. In this movie, in the same way that when, and this is the, the real dark part of it, but in the same way, that like when the Avengers get together, Tony Stark rolls his eyes when Steve Rogers walks in the room, but they're still in this together. I roll my eyes when Ant-Man shows up, but I've been on the journey and I know that Ant-Man's going to show up. And so being there and disliking Ant-Man helps this movie because it makes it more of this dumb family dynamic where I'm just like, ah, this guy again. Yes, that's not the intended dynamic though. No, but I think that it still works. That's the dark part, is that it still kind of gets me, and they still, it's like, you got to show up and watch every episode, because you kind of still need, like, it's, even if the recognition is negative, it's better to have some recognition than to be like, Paul Rudd's in this movie? And then be like, what does he do, like, get big and small? Yeah. It's better to just kind of be like, no, I know what his deal is, and I don't like it. It's just hard for me to tell anybody to spend money on Ant-Man. I'm not saying I mean, There's also should. part of me that's just like, nobody should be spending any money on any of these movies because of the the behemoth that is Disney and their shady practices. We, I, I can't... It, I'm not here to get into that. At the end of the day, what I care about is like, given the strictures applied, mm-hmm. given the context that we have like set up for this thing, like there are going to be 23 of these movies, and we got to make them. Is this the best one? If I just go like, if I accept as law that we make 23 movie series yeah. of films, this is the best one. I mean, so far. I'm And dude, the idea that they back to back the last two I mean, Avengers, I'm pumped. I Feel free to cut this if you want, but I have seen I know you Infinity have. War. I was deeply impressed by that movie as someone who did not like Marvel movies. I'll bet you it. It's real hard if you've seen all of them. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet you it's pretty good. Yeah. Um All right, so let's go into our current ranking. Uh our current ranking stands with at number 1, Captain America: Civil War. Crazy. At number 2, Iron Man: The First Iron Man. It at feels three, wrong. <laughs> it does feel very strange. At number 3, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh at number 4, the Avengers at number five, Captain America, the winter soldier at number six, Iron Man three at number seven, Avengers age of Ultron at number eight, Thor, the dark world at number nine, Captain America, the first Avenger at number 10, Iron Man two, which almost seems like it should be higher up now in retro retrospectively. It's that is strange because because it is clear that it was introducing the themes that were maybe super important to this world yeah and it is and they are but i don't know if it makes it better yeah i agree um but anyway at number 11 we have thor and at number 12 we have ant-man at number 23 (laughs) we have the incredible hulk which i still think is maybe more entertaining than ant-man it's called it's the incredible hulk colon the introduction of thunderbolt (laughs) yeah it's really yeah. It's William Will Hurt's movie from that. Yeah, point it's out. a Will Hurt picture. All right, we have to talk um, about the post credits still really quickly. Um, 
post-credit sequences. So first we get the mid-credit sequence, which shows Bucky hanging out in Wakanda. They're going to put him back into cryosleep, and they're going to wait for a cure for brainwashing. <laughs> yeah, I think it is funny because rather than trying something, they're just like, yeah, let's just knock him out. Uh, and he, they don't even give him another arm. So it's like, is Bucky without... Is a one-armed Bucky, like, to get into our our discussion of who can beat who, <laughs> how good is a one-armed Bucky, really? Probably, like, decent. Pretty good. Yeah. But, like, I feel like if he's where the Black Panther is, like, they could run some experiments, and Black Panther yeah, can always... Stuff out. But he willingly goes into cryosleep. Yeah, he I chooses mean, to do it. Really, this sequence is just here so that we can see more of Wakanda. Well, and it, it, yeah, it's totally just like, oh, yeah. Literally, the camera pans out <laughs> at the end, and we just see a bunch of Wakanda. And we see the Black Panther statue, yeah. and you go, like... That's going to be a cool movie when they make that one. Yeah. Uh, Just need two more years. Yep. And then we get our other post-credit sequence. Yes, which is uh, Peter experimenting in his room with his new web shooter, all of which is surprisingly not commented on as a metaphor for masturbation at any point. I guess there is, is, she no, tries to come in, and yeah, he's like, Aunt May, don't come in. No, yeah. but there actually is also when he first hits uh, Birdman Sam, he goes, is that stuff coming out of your body? <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. That's both. That is that is both like a, a, a like a masturbation joke, and it is a reference to the the Sam Raimi. Movies. It's great. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. That's smart. Uh, um, yeah, those are our two credit sequences. We get to look forward to Black Panther and uh, Spider Man. Yeah, and it's funny too because they at after this credit sequence uh, with the Spider Man, it's a, it just says Spider Man will return. Yeah, but it's like, wait, isn't Black Panther also coming back? Did we not know that? At this point? I wonder if that movie had been announced yet. I mean, Black Panther must have been announced at this point. You think so? Yeah, because they're not going to... I don't think they're going to like bring in Chadwick Boseman to like do this movie and not give him his own movie. I mean, he, he has to know he's getting yeah. a movie after... You they don't might... do all this setup for that character and then just go exactly. like, there's not... Go- I mean, I guess Black Widow is the literally we've that. Seen, but... Yes, we have seen them sideline the marginalized. <laughs> they have yeah, dropped before. this ball before. But... <laughs> so we shouldn't give them credit for, to say. for any foresight. It's so true. Uh, anyway, any other thoughts on Marvel before we move on to the next hour of our podcast? <laughs> yeah, the video game portion of the longest <laughs> podcast about the longest Marvel movie. Is this going to be our, this will be our longest oh, podcast? Oh, this is ever. our longest yeah. already by like a fair sight, I think. Okay. Uh, no, I really like this movie and it, it I, it really uh, made me glad that I've done this dumb project because yeah. for the first time, I really was like, There's oh, a yeah, yeah, this is what people are talking about. Yeah. This makes sense. At some point, I really do. I do want to get into also like the conversations that you were having with people who have not seen Marvel movies and are the kind of people that we were before we started watching these. Yeah. It's hard. Um, who have not seen them and are also somewhat incredulous. I honestly feel like I can't even interact with them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know, i got to find a club or something. All right. Uh, tell me about your video game thinking. Uh, so I haven't really been able to play video games for the last couple of weeks because of a lot of stuff at work. But when we were watching this movie, I had a realization. And it's that uh, God Hand, perennial fan favorite on this podcast uh god hand the playstation 2 game that you can also get on the playstation 3 that might be the best game of all time um is literally bucky barnes the video game you are a dude who is almost impervious to being punched who has a metal arm like magic arm yeah this is like less literal metal and more like your your opponent in God Hand, the bad dude who has the devil hand in God mm-hmm. Hand, 
literally has Bucky Barnes' arm. Yeah. Uh, but you have a magic arm, and you punch dudes. And I was just watching this movie and like the Bucky Barnes fight scenes, and you're like, I really want to do that. And it's like, dude, if you've ever watched this movie and thought, I want to experience these fight scenes for myself, there is a video game where you can do exactly that, and it's called God Hand, and it is awesome. It's incredible. Um, and then the other realization I had as a part of that was that somebody out there is I mean, they made a Captain America game and it had Batman Arkham Asylum combat, and that's fine, right? Like Batman's cool. I didn't even know that. That's interesting. It wasn't. I don't think it was like as good. Yeah, that makes you sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, they, of course, you would try that, right? Yeah. They did it with Spider-Man. Sure, it's a good fit. Yeah, they did it with with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they did. <laughs> you can just press the button, and yeah. the dude does the things, and it's fun. Uh, they should if they if they weren't cowards. <laughs> the Mar- calling you out, Marvel. <laughs> Kevin, call Kevin. me. <laughs> um, the game that they need to make is a Captain America game. That plays exactly like God Hand, except you have the shield. Over-the-shoulder brawler. Over-the-shoulder brawler, totally ultra-tight controls, very simplistic level designs, but extremely intricate enemy design. And with a little bit of God of War thrown in. Modern God of War for the the throwing. Because God of War acts like Thor, where the hammer is something that you have to recall and that you can throw out. It's like very much God of War is, did you want to be Thor? I don't want to be Thor. Because Thor's just like a chunky, a chunky, chunky man, and he throws yeah. his heavy hammer, and it's okay. You want to be lithe and I want to be like real moving. fast boxer. Nineteen, it's the nineteen forties, and I've got my dukes up, and then also I can throw the shield, and it bounces off of things. Because mm-hmm. like that's the real fun of the Captain America sequences is when he bounces it and yeah. does stuff, uh, and. Man, you can imagine like lining up the shield and you get to see the arc of yep. it. Well, like, and, and like, like you can do that in like, in like the paused roulette yes. menu for those of you that have played God Hand. Uh, but you can see how exactly how it would work. Yeah. Um, and it really feels like I've thought very often about how somebody would evolve God Hand. Like, what could you do to make God Hand different for a sequel? And the answer, one hundred and twenty percent of the time, I've decided is you give him the Captain America shield and you make a Captain America game. Yeah. That makes sense. And man. And you know what the other thing I'd say about this movie? I really like Bucky. I really, I think he's cool. I, I, I really enjoy their dynamic. I enjoy their dynamic with Birdman Sam. I love how self-aware Birdman Sam is. I like the three of them. God, I, yeah. I this movie, man, I, I like this movie a lot. That's all. Video games are dope. Also, apparently, I can only understand things through the lens of God Hand. That was the other realization. Where I was watching, I was like, I think this is the best Marvel movie. And I was like, because it reminds me of God Hand, the best video You are somewhat like T'Challa in your tenacity (laughs) single-mindedness. I have a (laughs) single-minded devotion. I was reading, apparently, like all of the Black Panther you see, when he is Black Panther, that is entirely CGI. They shot him. Really? And then they didn't use it. Huh. Well, and it makes sense because when you watch him, he moves like a cat where his like yes. joints kind of shift weird. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. I and would assume that that was just like touched up. I also thought it was touched up, but apparently they were going to touch it up and then they were just like, why would we even do that? And he is a computer man. This is this is the future. Um, and it By which I mean awesome. 2016. And gosh darn it. I'm really excited to see Black Panther again with better context because you know what? I think he's really awesome. <laughs> and I thought he was cool before, but I, I thought that the villain was cooler. And that might be because I just like enjoy Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Because I love Friday Night Lights yes. and yeah. I love Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan is a very talented. And Creed person. is so sick. It's a good movie. Oh, God. Did you ever see Creed 2? No. Me neither. I heard it was bad. And yeah, Ryan Coogler didn't return. That's the thing. Like, he was directing yeah. Black Panther and I didn't like it. 
because it was a retelling of Rocky. I liked it because it was so incredibly well done, and you know, yeah, it was like a really group of really talented people. So when you take out like the the <laughs> yeah. really talented person who is kind of organizing all of it, it seems like maybe not the best idea. Yeah. I just really wish Michael B. Jordan was had better taste in picking films, I guess, or something. I don't know. I just yeah. feel like he hasn't been hitting. You know, it's like, yeah, I know what you mean. It's been a little while. Yeah. Um. Anyways, cool. so wait, you had a video game thing you wanted to discuss. Yeah, well, we're reaching the end of uh, 2019. We're entering a new decade. Yeah. And uh, everyone's compiling their most influential and best games of the decade list. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think the most influential game of the next decade is going to be? Uh, Not, whoa. Okay, wait. So not of this decade. No, of the next decade. What do you think it is? And then I'll... I'll I honestly haven't thought about it enough. You asked me the question. You know what? This is our assignment. This is our homework. Okay. We'll come back in 2020 and we will tell you what the the most influential game of the 2020s is going to be. Ready to comply. Hey, we're back. Um, so, okay. We, <laughs> we realized this is a little bit of a postscript because we didn't think this was long enough. Um, we realized while we were talking immediately after recording this that uh, we should probably weigh in on the whole Scorsese, <laughs> everyone else thing. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? And uh, this is the first movie that I think is an incredible refutation of what Martin Scorsese is saying. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it is so reliant on the other films in the series that it is impossible for it to be a refutation of Martin Scorsese. It is both like, it's the epitome of Scorsese's point and the refutation of his point. Yes. Uh, I should say I kind of agree with Scorsese across the the board for the most part in his what he outlined in his new york times op-ed which is that these movies are not cinema because you know what's going to happen the bad guy is going to lose the good guy is going to win and there's no the lack of surprise the, and that there's there's no risk so in that regard and there's also like a lack of human element and yeah and i think that this movie is the refutation of that because you don't know what the outcome is going to be and it's and, entirely human and interpersonal and it's realized through a bunch of dudes punching each other but at the end of the day, those dudes punching each other, the fact that they're super powered kind of doesn't matter because they're actually dealing with stuff between them as people. Yeah, you have to you have to like watch a bunch of product to also understand to get to the art. Yes, exactly. And and, and this I think make no mistake, like this movie is art in its way. Yes, I would agree. And I think that there's certainly art Yes. involved in all of them. Oh, and the, and there are other moments that uh, that are akin to this, right? Yes. But as a as a full like holistic film experience this is the first one that kind of busts that open yeah while also requiring you to been to have been in all the other rides at the amusement park you have park. to have been strapped in yeah and uh it's impossible like this is not something you can just show to somebody and be like yo here is the proof yes let me show you uh because they'll just be like what are you even talking about uh and yet <sighs> it is it is the one man yeah um also the the irishman is not a very good movie well so what i do find really funny about that right is that like martin scorsese can say all of that and then he shows up and he makes his own sausage party movie where they de-age people digitally and all of that and i'm just like dude you're doing this this is what you're doing don't also don't, don't act like you're special and like i think that that's the real problem if somebody just wrote that piece right mm-hmm. if joe on the street wrote that piece I would think it was a lot more legitimate than when some other filmmaker says it, because when a filmmaker says it, the inherent thing is like what I am doing 
is superior. That is the the message inherently mm-hmm. because it's just like no 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 I make real films and then to turn around and make the Irishman. I agree. Nah, dude. I think especially because it's not like Martin Scorsese is like an independent filmmaker. That's um, it. Yeah, and he's not taking like it's not the Irishman. We know how that movie ends. Um, you know, you know what happens. You know that Jimmy Hoffa does not go on to live a full and 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 like <laughs> rich, in, rich life. life. <laughs> Dude disappears. This movie is just like, well, maybe this is how he disappeared. <laughs> like, fuck that. Um, but I think that. Yeah. I mean, I, I like certain Scorsese movies a lot. Yes. I, one of my favorites is The Age of Innocence, which has no punching or shooting in I it. Think, I think that Martin Scorsese is a great filmmaker. No question. Do not misunderstand. Yes. But I think that his point is also a little bit that, like, in the the tumult and the success of these movies, other movies get drowned out. Sure. And I do think that that is, that is a valid... Um, from a filmmaker, a valid concern. Less so maybe from Martin Scorsese, of all people. But but I understand yeah. the, the argument. The funny thing about that is that that's not on the people making these movies, right? Like, mm-hmm. that is on the machine that is creating the situation in which these movies exist. But at the end of the day, if we just go like, well, I guess Disney's doing it. You can still show up and be the Russo brothers and be like, yeah, but we're going to do the one. Like, we're going to yeah. make it, we're going to do the good movie that we can make in this framework. And and we're going to leverage this insane situation that has been created to make a really good movie that kind of couldn't exist without that framework. Yeah. One final thought on this <laughs> that's sort of anti-Marvel in its own way is that I was reading... Um, I was reading a Roger Ebert review in the early 2000s. He wrote this, and it's a retrospective of like what he thinks are like the greatest movies ever made. Okay, and he's reviewing a Bergman movie, and he's talking about in the early 2000s about how these days you know you don't see movies like these at the Cineplex. Like, fair enough, it's a it's a Swedish film by one of you know the greatest directors of all time, but a Swedish movie. <laughs> and but he makes this comment. He's like, these days you go to the to the movie theater, and there's only like 12 movies to choose from. Yeah. And all I could think of was like, 12 sounds like a lot. Yeah. It's incredible. It is, but it is, you know, just by comparison, the last 20 years, the ascendance of the superhero movie has ended in a reduction of the number of movies. You go to an art house movie theater that like goes out of its way to show art house movies. Like the, say like Century Cinema in, um, or Music Box. Or or the Music Box. The Music Box is even smaller. Century Cinema has at least like eight screens. Sure. They're not showing 12 movies. Never. No, no movie theater is showing 12 movies anymore. Well, and and so like there is I don't know. I hope that at some point like this swings back around on itself. And like the Russo brothers, I don't think are going to make any more Marvel movies. I think they're going to go out there and they're going to make like Jurassic Park movies. No, no I <laughs> okay. hope not. They're mo- they're working, I mean they're working on several movies both as producers really? and as directors and none of them are franchise films. That's and that's fascinating. I, mean, I hope that they go the Christopher Nolan route. That would be tremendous. Yeah. And like the weird thing about it, right, is that what I think is kind of strange about it is that you don't actually lose the art movies, right? A Marriage Story is still going to get made. Like yes. don't kid yourself. But dude. they they tend to get made by Netflix. What you lose is the mid-tier movie. Yeah. And to be entirely honest, I don't know if that's quite the loss. Well, no, I think, that, like, I think that Marriage, a Marriage, Marriage Story is a mid-tier movie. I think that it's maybe. just that mid-tier movies like Marriage Story and The Irishman come out 
on they get their money from platforms like like Netflix that sure. just have the money to throw at them and are saying like, hey, we're the saviors of this and we're going to win a bunch at the Oscars. And and maybe that's enough. I I don't know. I just uh, think, for now, I mean, it's 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 helping. Well, the sort of movie that went away is I think about like when I was in high school and there was just like. I would go every weekend, my friends and I, and we'd see like whatever PG-13 movie was just there. You know what I mean? It does not matter. It is just a movie and we are going to see it and it is there. And those movies just don't exist where it's like, here's a story. It's like a Three Musketeers movie. I just remember like some weird Three Musketeers. You know what I mean? Just like all of these movies. And I don't think that they were some high art that was above any Marvel movie. It's just that now all of those movies happen to be Marvel movies. And you run the risk also of movies like the original Matrix Sure. Not being made because you have, you know, clever ideas are kind of like uh, subservient to or not subservient, but they're, they're you know, not as valued as a, as a property. Yeah. And, you know, hey, I'm glad that the Matrix exists as I'm glad that Ghost in the Shell exists. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Matrix is kind of just Ghost in the Shell. There's going to be a Matrix 4. I know they're making it. Well, but it's and it's only Lena. Is it only or uh, Lana? I don't actually know how you're. I, I don't know which one is. It might be Lana, but yeah. Um, uh, but it's. It, yeah, actually, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, her sister is not involved at all. Like, one at of them. All. One of them was running Sense Eight, and then the other one totally. T- they were both like created Sense Eight, and then one of them took over. I wonder if uh, one of them has retired. I I like, believe that that is the case, yeah. and now it's just Lena or Lana, who yeah. is like the Wachowski and. Yeah. What's strange about that is like, dude, I have no idea what the individual Cohen brothers or the individual Wachowski or the individual Russo does on any yeah. of these things. Like, who knows, right? Like, yeah. I mean, and who knows what they will end up doing in the future? What kind of interesting projects? I mean, I look forward personally to the Russo brothers adaptation of The Age of Innocence. I would watch it. I would too. Oh, can you imagine how hard the hits would land? <laughs>